Welcome to our first service of worship back for, do you know how long it's been? Eight months. Eight months. It's nearly a maternity. But uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's lovely to be back together with everyone this morning. Fantastic to be able to worship in God's house. I cannot tell you how pleasing it is to see all of your smiling faces and to be able to sing and hear the singing coming back at us. It's really uh, something fantastic. I have missed you all and uh, it's good to see you. And we're still live streaming. We haven't quite got our cameras set up yet, but uh, we're getting there. So this is still going out live to those who are not able to make it into the service for whatever reason, or perhaps are not from Bundaberg, out of town or international. So welcome to you, and uh, we pray that you would feel every bit as part of the service as we worship God together. Today, you will know we are following a theme called A Christmas Together. You'll see our lovely new banner that Jenny made specifically uh, for today, with the people coming in from everywhere to celebrate Christmas together. Uh, thank you, Jenny, for an incredible work, and thank you to, yeah, and thank you to uh, the ladies who have been decorating the church and making sure that it looks great and everything ready. And I also just want to say a huge thank you to Vanessa and to Ian um, and to the volunteers who have helped get the system right for, uh, for coming in. It's not ideal that we have to have tickets, and uh, who would have thought? But still, that is what enables us to have a church uh, full of people. And uh, that is what we need not to be able to, to not have to turn anybody away, but anyone can come and worship. And if the price of that means that you've got to have a little ticket with you, so be it. We just need to be able to tell the authorities exactly who is sitting where and when, which is, I don't know. I don't understand the rules, we just follow them. So thank you for your patience and thank you for your dedication and commitment to making sure that the system works. I hope that you feel welcome. If there are visitors here this morning, I hope that you feel welcome and feel blessed and that you will thoroughly enjoy as we share together in a Christmas together. Today, like I said, uh, we usually journey with uh, different characters of the story, but because we're all coming back together today, our theme is a Christmas together with each other, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in the sermon. Our Advent candle today is the candle of joy. Every Advent and Christmas we sing carols of joy. We sing joy to the world and celebrate that the angels worshipped with great joy on the night the Saviour was born. The shepherds returned to the fields full of joy, and the wise men, upon finding the Christ child, were filled with joy. Joy is so much a part of the season. Isaiah tells us that the redeemed of the Lord shall return to Zion with singing, and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Today there is joy not only in the Christmas season, but in our togetherness. Being together in worship after such a time as we faced in 2020 fills our hearts with joy. Joy in singing, joy in connection, joy in seeing each other's smiles. So let us continue to worship in joy, knowing that the, knowing the eternal joy in Christ Jesus is, now, is ours now and always.
a couple of COVID rules that we need to follow. Like I said, unfortunately, we need to remain seated while we sing. Um, that's one of the rules. And uh, I can't shake hands at the door. So, but I can still stand there and greet you. And you'll see if my eyes go like this, that's a smile. We're going to sing two songs. That's why we praise him and uh, the Calypso Carol. Stop. 
Let us pray. Yes, Heavenly Father, we do come to worship you with hearts that are full of gladness, with hearts that praise you for the fact that you came to this place to be our Savior, to bring us life and hope and peace, to fill our hearts with love and joy. We thank you, Jesus Christ, that we have the opportunity to be together this morning and raise our voices, to sing a song and, and worship you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that connects us, that binds us together as we praise you. And we, we thank you that, that even as we haven't met for, for eight months, when we come together, it's like we've never been apart, for your Holy Spirit has been binding us to one another, connecting us, letting us know that we are never absent from you. We thank you, God, that you are sovereign, that you are Lord over all things, Lord over our lives, Lord over this world, and that our hope and our hearts can rest in you. We pray, Lord God, that as we worship you now, we would be conscious of your saving and redeeming grace, mindful of the beauty of your Spirit moving amongst us, joyful of the connection that we share as we worship together, and that you would receive our sacrifice of, of praise and offering from hearts that give it gladly. To you be all the glory. We pray these things in and through the name of Jesus Christ, as together we pray the Lord's Prayer and the words are on the screen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And the peace of the Lord be with you, friends. Thank you. Do not shake hands. But you can look at the people around you and just say, the peace of the Lord be with you. I can't tell you how fantastic it is to be able to uh, to be able to hear somebody answer back when uh, when you say those words. Uh, for the last eight months, I've been saying them into a camera and just pretending that uh, that I hear it coming back at me. So that was just absolutely great. Do you mind if I do it again? <laughs> We're going to sing uh, two beautiful songs as we move into our uh, continue with our worship. The one is called What a Beautiful Name and the other The Humble King. And for this first one, uh, just listen for the first verse and chorus as Kira sings uh, a solo guiding us through the beginning of the song.
It's nice to see some of uh, the children here this morning, and uh, Debbie is going to do a children's address for us, I think. Yes, optimism. We should wear a mask if we're this close. Is that good? All right. That's not good because I need to use this mic. Okay. All right. So I think the kids aren't allowed under their seats, sadly, but I hope that you are listening and that you can see me, and that's good. Would they be allowed to just sit on the floor there? No. No. All right. That's fine. I'll talk to you from here. So, today I'm going to tell you the, it's actually a little bit of a legend, um, and where we get tinsel from. Who's got tinsel on their tree? Yeah? You got some tinsel? All right. Well, this is, it starts off the story that you know well. The story of Jesus being born in Bethlehem and obviously there were a lot of people that were very excited when they heard that Jesus was being born in Bethlehem. We had the shepherds that came, we had the angels that came and sang in the heavens, we had even the wise men, but there was somebody who wasn't very happy at all. Who? Anybody remember who was not happy about Jesus being born? Stuart even preached about him last week. <laughs> and that was Herod. So Herod was not at all happy. In fact, he actually wanted to make sure that Jesus did not even get to see a first birthday. And so he sent his soldiers out to go and find baby Jesus and have him killed. This is all in the Bible, and we know that. Another part in the Bible was when Joseph was sleeping, and so was Mary, and so was little baby Jesus. And in a dream, an angel appeared to Joseph and said, you need to wake up, Mary, wake up, baby Jesus, and you have to actually flee and leave because Herod's soldiers are on the way. And so that's what Joseph did. He had to get his little family up, and they got all ready and out. They went and they didn't even know where they were going. And they had to just leave Bethlehem. Well, this is where the, the legend part comes in, because this part's not in the Bible. But it's such a beautiful story about how God was there all along. And sometimes we don't understand why bad things happen. Why would they have to suddenly have to run away now from a terrible king when God had wanted Jesus to be born? But they did, and they had to trust God, and they had to hope and believe that he knew what he was doing, and that he was in control, and that he would protect them. And so the legend goes that they were running away, and so in the night they didn't know where to go, they knew they couldn't outrun the soldiers, but they saw a cave. And so they went deep into the cave, Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus, and there they hid and they prayed and asked that God would protect them. And this is the interesting part. And so I brought a little bit of tinsel to show you. In the night, 
while they were hiding, a little spider came and he began to spin a web across the cave. And he blocked off the cave with his spider's web. And when the morning came and the sun just caught the dew, it began to shimmer and shine just like tinsel. And so the soldiers came and they saw the cave, but they saw a spider's web over the cave and they thought, well, nobody would be in there because the web would have been broken. So we're not even going to bother to look. And they moved on. And that way, the legend goes that Mary and Joseph and Jesus were protected by God. And so just a reminder that when you sometimes wonder why do bad things happen, is God there? God might be working in ways we don't even know, but he loves you, he's with you, and he's protecting you. So next time you put your tinsel on the tree, remember the little story of the spider, and remember how God protects and loves and cares for each one of you. Thanks, Debbie. Friends, there's only one notice, and that's got to do with our Christmas Day services. So just a, a reminder about our carols by candlelight. That's 6.30 on Christmas Eve. You'll get emails and everything, and once again, the whole... Um, booking in thing has to be in place. Obviously, if you book in, you get your tickets on the one side. If you haven't booked in, you come to the other. It's the two, two systems work uh, really well, and uh, that way we don't ever have to turn anyone away uh, from church. So half past six on Christmas Eve, and uh, then on Christmas Day, this is really important, we are just having one service. Usually we have two, which is at 7 a.m. and at quarter to nine, I think it is. This Christmas will just be a single service at 7.30. So one service at 7.30 on Christmas Day. And then following Christmas, uh, our summer services begin, which for the duration of January uh, are at 7.30, right up until I think the last one is uh, the one before Australia Day, which is the 24th of January. The next one, schools are back and, and everything's back and so are our services. So please take note of, um, of those different service times and also uh, watch your email box, watch your inbox. Um, for those notices in terms of booking a place or, or, or booking a seat uh, for the different services. We unfortunately can't do like a, oh, book me in for the whole of December uh, thing. It just is not going to be able to work that way. So we're going on a week-by-week -week basis, which is probably just easier for now. And like I say, a little bit inconvenient, but I do thank you for your patience and your willingness to, uh, to go with the system it makes being together really great. Part of our worship is uh, throughout the week people have been depositing money through online giving into our bank accounts. We also have received uh, offerings that come directly into the office. People bring in their envelopes straight into the office. We also have an offering box there at the door. So we're not allowed to actually pass the offering bags around. But there is an offering box there, either on your way in or on your way out. If you wanted to make use of that opportunity, you are welcome to do so. 
But I do just want to thank you for the incredible effort that has been made to, to move on to online giving. It's, uh, it's been a real blessing. And, uh, and, and for those who have made the effort each week to come and bring in those offerings, thank you for that. Shall we commit those offerings and bring our intercessory prayers before God? Lord God, at a, time, at a season and time where we, where we rejoice in the gifts that are given, where we love to see the joy on faces and where we celebrate the greatest gift of all in Jesus Christ, we thank you, Lord, that we are able to offer you gifts in return, that you count us worthy of blessing you with our gifts. And so we ask that you would receive the offerings that we have given through whichever way they have been given, that you would take them and use them to be a blessing to others, but take them together with the greater gift of ourselves, that what we give, Lord, is actually just a symbol of our whole lives and who we are. We worship you with those gifts and pray, Lord, that you would use them to continue the work of your church. We also want to pray, Lord, for those who are desperately in need of prayer. We think of the many places around the world where uh, where there are second and third waves going on of the pandemic, where doctors and medical staff and hospitals are overwhelmed. And we just pray, Lord, for your undertaking there and pray for uh, the vaccines that are being developed to be, to be rolled out in, in speedy and effective ways. We pray for those, Lord, who have lost loved ones through this past year, who will be missing them especially at Christmas time. Pray for those who are lonely. We pray for those, Lord, who have, uh, are, are facing financial pressures and, and, and job losses because of what's taken place this year. In all of these situations, we ask for you to undertake. But Lord, there are also things that weigh heavily on our hearts that perhaps nobody else knows. Things that worry us or concern us situations we may face in this coming week or relationships that, that worry us, people whom we love that we know need prayer. We bring all of those unspoken prayers to you now as well, thanking you that when we worship, we are connected and our prayers are raised as one to the throne of Jesus Christ. In your name we pray these things. Amen. Our reading this morning steps right out of the Christmas story. Like I said at the beginning, we're dealing uh, with Christmas together with each other because we're gathering together today. And so the reading I've taken is still a well-known reading, but from when the church began its uh, journey, had its birthday as such, and that is the day of Pentecost. What happened when the believers were brought together? And so we look at Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who has need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
you're out of practice. This is the word of the Lord. That's great. So much better. We're going to sing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King. this morning. It's been absolutely lovely. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight. We pray, Lord God, that as uh, you minister to us, it may be your voice we hear, it may be your words that are spoken, and we pray that the message that we hear may be relevant and challenging, comforting and life-changing. In the precious name and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I will tell you <laughs> that you are lucky to be in the second service. The first service at 7.30 was a bit of a... We, we had a few issues as we went through a couple of teething problems. Communion was particularly interesting. 
the rules are that I have to wear a mask for communion. So I put on my mask to start, you know, doing the consecration element, and it came out like this. We gathered here today. So we had to quickly make a plan about that. I then am so out of practice, I forgot to give the organist communion. And, uh, and she came running up at the last minute to get some communion, and oh, it was just a nightmare. So I'm busy finding my feet again, and I thank you for your patience as I step back into the camera for the live stream. <laughs> Thanks, Elise, for the death stare as I walked out of the sight of the camera. These are things which are all what we have to get used to as we try and find new ways of connecting and being together. And hopefully as we, as we find a little bit of a new normal and get into it, things will get smoother and smoother as we get better and better at it. I, was, uh, I, was, I might have told you the story before. I've told it so often I've forgotten where I've told it. But I love the story. It's particularly relevant for today as we gather back together in the church. The story of a, of a church that was very stuck in their ways, very opposed to change of any form. They did not like things to be done different. The people would come in, they would sit in their same seats every single week, and if somebody else had dared to sit there, they would be reprimanded and told to move out to one of the visitor seats. Anyway, this particular church got a new young minister who came in and thought he was going to bring sweeping changes to this congregation. And he said, the first thing I'm going to introduce to these people is to try and make them a little more friendly, make them smile at church. So we're going to introduce passing the peace. But he was wise enough, even though just newly, uh, newly in placement, he was wise enough to know that he couldn't make the change on the same day. So he thought, I'll give them a week's warning. I'll tell them this week we're going to pass the peace next week. So he did. He told them that this is what they're going to do, and he explained the whole system and hoped that they would have a week to work out the changes in their head. But there was one young man sitting at the back of the church for whom this was the greatest news ever. And he excitedly tapped the lady sitting in front of him and with a big smile on his face says, Oh, this is wonderful, isn't it? And she looked at him with a sour face and a scowl and a frown and she said, Young man, didn't you hear the pastor? That friendliness stuff only starts next week. Today as we gather in person in the church, we take a moment to look at what it means to have Christmas together with each other. When I first announced this Advent series being a Christmas together, I spoke about the fact that it is always nice to be together with someone at Christmas. Traditionally, this is the time that families try to get together. This is the time when trips are made across the country, little family reunions happen, little moments take place when, when we invite people around or we go to people who have invited us, because we know that Christmas is meant to be together with others. I also said that the series, as the series kicked off, we would look at what it means to spend Christmas together with some of the characters that uh, of the story that we know so well, that we listen to uh, every year at this time. In the story of Jesus' birth, if we spend a little time together with some of the characters, 
we'll be amazed at some of the things we learn. Little insights that we gain from, from their experience or from seeing Christmas through their eyes. Two weeks ago we began looking at Christmas together with Mary. And if you've missed any of the services, please jump on the Facebook page or the YouTube channel or listen to the podcast and, and catch up on them. And if you don't know what any of those things are, phone the office and we'll print you a copy of the sermon. But we looked at what it meant to do Christmas together with Mary. And we saw this incredible example of the way Mary submits to the activity of God in her life. She hears God speaking to her and she says, May it be as you have said. May it be to me as you have said. This is what I want for my life. I submit to the activity of God. I submit to the work of God in my life. And it becomes about me doing and trusting that, uh, that what you've asked will build your kingdom. And so she does. We looked at that sermon. We then looked uh, last week at Christmas together with Herod. Now, he's a pretty unusual character to spend Christmas with, that's for sure. You heard Debbie talking about uh, what Herod is most well known for um, in terms of ordering the, uh, the death of all the baby boys two years and under. No one would ever really want to be around Herod for Christmas. But for us to take a moment to, to spend a bit of time with him and the story is really important nonetheless. Because Herod represents all that is wrong in the world. He represents all of the evil in the world. All that surrounds us and that we often give in to in moments when we are not focused on Jesus. We saw that Herod is obsessed with power. And we looked at how Jesus epitomizes humility. We looked at how Herod was quick to deceive. And yet Jesus is in very nature and essence truth. We see Herod who, who blows up in a ball of anger and frustration and violence and temper. And we hear Jesus being called the Prince of Peace. In each of those contrasts, spending Christmas with Herod is an invitation to examine our lives and, and see those places where we might too easily land on the wrong side of those contrasts. Too easily might forget the way of Jesus. Forget the, the, the nature, the peace, the love, the kindness, the care, the understanding of Christ. This week, as I said, we're leaving the Christmas story just for a moment and instead focusing what it means to share the story as a whole together with each other. Why is it important for us to have Christmas together as a church? Why is it significant that we should celebrate this special moment of our faith? Why is it important that we celebrate it particularly with each other here at church. South Africa at the moment is going through a very difficult time with COVID-19. They are having a second, I think possibly a third wave of the virus. Hospitals are overloaded, the infection and the death statistics are just going um, through the roof. Here in Queensland we are we're very lucky. We have done so well, not just Queensland, but the whole of Australia. And it can actually be quite easy to forget the real crisis that other parts of the world are in, the tremendous amount of death and, and, and illness that's taking place. So, so keep them in your prayers. But I actually keep touch with uh, a group of colleagues, friends of mine uh, from ministry in South Africa. 
they're in a, a chat group, a WhatsApp group, and, and I'm still part of that group. And, and uh, they were chatting a couple of days ago about um, the fact that they all have to close their churches again. It's straight at that point that they've just said you, ha- you cannot have any in-person worship again. So they, they have closed. They were closed for months. They opened. They're back closed again. And for them, lockdown is pretty severe. They're not allowed to do church in the building like we've been doing. They, uh, they actually broadcast their sermons from their lounge room or, uh, or from their study. But it was interesting in the conversations that was happening in the in the chat group. There was lots of speak, uh, lots of chatter about about closing. But but the one question that they were all kind of asking of each other was this: but but what about Christmas Day? What about the actual Christmas service? How can we not be worshiping together on Christmas? And they they more than likely will not be. But there was this real sense, there was this acknowledgement from them that, that being together as the body of Christ on Christmas Day was really something significant, something really important. We are lucky. We are able to be together for Christmas. Sure, we may have to have tickets and seats assigned, but that's a very small price to pay for, uh, for the freedom of being together and, and having as many people as we can fit in the church. But it isn't just a joy to be together a joy to be together. We actually learn something from one another as we spend Christmas in each other's presence. Just like when Herod and Mary, we learn from their characters, being together with each other teaches us two incredibly important things. And the first is this. Being together teaches us that we are never actually alone. We've never been alone, even if it may have felt like that. I love the picture of togetherness that is presented in the book of Acts. The church starts out with people meeting together in each other's homes, breaking bread together, sharing in meals, giving to the poor, reaching out to those in need, sharing their possessions, worshipping God with glad and sincere hearts. And all of this happens as they are filled by the Holy Spirit and inspired by the Holy Spirit. Scripture tells us that they were amazed at the wonderful works that were being done through the disciples and through the apostles and, and, uh, and through it all. Their numbers were being added to daily by God. Daily, their numbers grew. All of this happens despite the fact that to be a Christian in those early days was actually fraught with danger. There was a very real possibility of losing your life or, or being excommunicated from your family. You see, God's Spirit was at work, even in the danger. Following the start, the church goes through some, some times of serious and terrible persecution. If you want to read about it uh, and you have a few extra minutes, just log on to Google and, and, and search about what Nero did to the Christian church. There were some terrible things that took place in the early church. There have been many times through the course of history that the church hasn't been able to meet. Many times that, that any kind of meeting would have had to be done in, in, in secret or just simply not at all. And even today, there are countries in this world where Christianity is forbidden. That where to meet as Christians would lead to persecution and possibly death. But somehow... Despite all of that, God's church continues to grow. 
As a matter of fact, some of the strongest and most powerful Christian movements are in places where there is persecution. And where meeting together is difficult and the danger of, of the loss of life is very high if you are committed to Christ. How can that be? Because we are never alone. We are never alone. When we come together, when we meet up, we find out that God has in fact been working amongst us all along. His Spirit has been present in our lives at every step of the way. And it's only when we come together that this truth really kind of hits home. When we meet up and share some of the things that God is doing. When we see the smiles on the faces of, of brothers and sisters in Christ and understand how God has been working in their lives. It's so easy to think that we are alone. But it simply isn't true. The presence of God is always working within us. Always bringing about His goodwill. Always bringing about His purpose. A couple of weeks ago we studied a verse in Philippians, part of our Philippians sermon series, which said that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to carry it on to completion. We are never truly alone. And it's when we come together like this that we realize that. We listen to each other's stories. We hear what God is doing. We connect in worship. We sense and feel the movement of the Holy Spirit in all of those things, we are reminded that God's Spirit has been with us all of the way. In our service of memory on Thursday night, I played a song called Not For A Moment. And the lyrics go like this. When I thought you were a thousand miles away, not for a moment did you forsake me. After all, you are constant. You are only good. You are sovereign. And not for a moment will you forsake me. Not for a moment have been, we been left alone through this crisis. But it is when we come together that we begin to realize that. It energizes our faith. It reminds us of God's work. It fills us with a sense of gratitude. And that's essential for knowing that God is with us and God is working. I often have people say to me, you know, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And I guess that's, that, is, that is true. But it's always interesting to me that when you meet somebody who would strike you as really passionate for God, someone who is really on fire for Jesus, someone who is uh, committed to, to Christ and, and building the kingdom, someone whose faith shines through and who you would say, this person is really in tune with God's spirit, I guarantee you they're part of a church. They're part of being together with other Christians. For it is in doing so that we see the truth of the fact that we are never alone and God is never absent. I know there are many people who are still not able to come to church for COVID reasons or other reasons that uh, may prevent them from getting here. Many who remain connected only through live stream and that's wonderful that that's there. But I pray that this is an encouragement to you that you are not alone, that God is working. And I pray that as we meet together again today and, and the live stream congregation is included in that meeting, I pray that, that our fellowship will be energizing, that our faith uh, will come alive as we hear stories from one another, as we see the amazing ways that God is at work. But secondly, being together teaches us also that God is sovereign. I love the line in the Acts reading that says, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. We gather today stronger than we were before this pandemic began. 
for eight months. The building doors may have been closed, but the church wasn't closed. God's will, His sovereign will for His church was alive and well. And some amazing and incredible things were taking place. In fact, it was absolutely beautiful to see the way God strengthened us through this time period where, where we haven't actually been meeting. People stayed connected and made efforts to phone, to drop off necessities, to check in with others. We constantly had people asking how they could help and what they could do to share God's love with others. Newsletters got delivered, concern for others was shown, donations were given, connections were made, friendships were formed. And on a worship level, our church service went from being localized here in Bundaberg to suddenly being in any home that wanted it right across the world. And it has gone right across the world. When people have been unable to attend, they're still able to worship, still able to catch up, still able to be part of the service, still be able to belong to the congregation and be connected together. God has been working and the things that we thought impossible or too difficult to do, we managed to do overnight. And those online services will be continuing forever. I said to my kids the other day, you know, you guys are really, really lucky because you'll always be able to show your children and uh, their children, in other words, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, you'll always be able to show them what grandpa looked like and sounded like when he was preaching. I'll always be on the internet for them to see. And in bringing me down to earth as only children can do, they said to me, oh, Dad, actually, with you being able to be pre-recorded, you can save us some money by um, preaching at your own funeral. Record something for us and, uh, and uh, that'll be good. We have seen God's sovereignty. And being together reminds us and teaches us that God is bigger than any challenge we face. God is more powerful than any problem we go through. I mean, there have been people who have not had a computer in their lives who over these eight months have learned how to operate a tablet and watch a YouTube video or even download an app. And for those for whom that wasn't possible, do you know we've actually managed to print copies of the sermon every single week and, and they're actually able to read it? Do you know, in my entire ministry, I have always thought that that would be an impossibility. I've always thought the nature of how you preach a sermon, the way you do it, How's that ever going to work? And yet, here we have done it. So you can't tell me we don't see miracles. You can't tell me God isn't sovereign over all of these things. We've seen people move to online giving, which has helped us tremendously in terms of, um, as we give online, we're able to be faithful and proactive in our giving, and it, it's not just what we may uh, give on a Sunday morning. And that faithfulness has, has enabled this church to to grow stronger in its uh, ministry. We've had people making sure that they come every single week and dropping off offerings in uh, the church office. In a time when logically this, we should have been battling and struggling, we have seen that God is actually sovereign over everything. And no matter what happens, His church will not die. He is powerful. And when we gather together, when we see the strength of the church, we learn that God is sovereign. 
I'm very glad and grateful that we can have Christmas together, not just because I've missed your smiling faces, not just because I enjoy seeing everybody and, and having a church with people to, to preach to and to, to answer back and give me a hard time. I'm glad that we get Christmas together because we learn these things. We learn that we're never actually alone. And we learn that God is sovereign. And my prayer for you is that no matter what you have been facing, what you have gone through this year, and what you will be facing in the years to come, my prayer is that this day will be a marker for you. That as we meet together, it will be a, a little dot on your, on your spiritual journal where you'll be able to look back and know that God has held us together while we were apart and know that he will continue to do so no matter what difficulties we may face because he is sovereign. Amen. Let us pray. We thank you, Jesus, for what we learn when we see your spirit at work in the lives of others. We thank you for what we what we see, what we hear, what we know when we connect with one another in worship. We thank you for the way in which your Spirit takes all of our spirits and binds them together, connecting us to God the Father. We thank you, Lord, for the way in which we learn these things, that we've never been alone, even when we have been absent from each other. For you have promised that you would never leave us. We thank you, Lord, that we see your might and your power greater than any challenge, greater than any problem that the world throws. So your church is strengthened because, Lord God, you are the Almighty. And we pray today that as we meet together and enjoy this moment of connection, that these are things we'll take with us as we go. And we'll be reminded in this coming week of... of uh, of those truths that we learn today as we see one another. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. There's a lovely song which fits in beautifully with the theme for today, and it's called Together to Celebrate. We come together to celebrate your goodness, to celebrate your spirit that leads us further on.
Friends, as I said, I won't be able to shake your hand at the door, but I can stand there with a mask on. You'll see my smile as I greet you, and uh, it'll be lovely just to say hi as uh, we leave the service. Just a couple of things I want to mention. Uh, it should have happened at the beginning of the service, but welcome, Delma. It's nice to have you with us this morning. And uh, Delma's got some big news in terms of her ministry journey. Delma will be taking up a placement next year at Maryborough. And uh, we wish you well, Delma, and pray God's blessing upon you as you do that. And then, and then I know Tipper and the family are leaving us soon. When are you guys going? January. So you'll still be here for a few more services? Oh, that's good. And we'll lock you in. So we won't be able to get out. Where's this camera? Sorry. It'll be a miracle if I'm alive after the service. When uh, Elise gets hold of me. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all and with those whom we love this day and forevermore. Amen. Just wait. Uh, we're going to say together the Irish blessing. And uh, let's bless one another as we say, May the rose ride up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the warm sun shine upon your face. The rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. Okay? No, not yet. I'm kidding. <laughs>